You're listening to the All Day Ruckoff Podcast, episode number 40. Welcome to the All Day Ruckoff Podcast, episode number 40. This is your host, Brian, and I wanted to thank you so much for tuning in. We truly hope you enjoy this episode. And don't forget to check out our previous episodes as well. The All Day Ruckoff podcast includes interviews, answers questions, and provides updates on the rucking community. In this episode, we have an interview with Gorak Cadre Carl, who was the lead cadre for the Robbie Miller Memorial Gorak Heavy event. In this episode, we talk about how Carl found Gorak, what his first event was like, what it's like to run memorial events, and why they are so important. Then we get into the Robbie Miller Memorial Heavy event and talk about how powerful of an experience that was. Before we get into the interview, as always, I would like to give some thanks to those who have left reviews on Apple Podcasts and on Facebook. This week from Facebook, we've got a five-star rating with no review from Michael. Thank you for taking the time to leave that. Then we've got a five-star review from Corey who says, this is the podcast concerning GORUCK and the rucking community. The interviews are always interesting, no matter how involved you are in our community. It's not only very informative, but also very entertaining. Thank you, Corey. I'm so glad that you're enjoying the podcast, and I really do appreciate that you took the time to leave that. If you want to support the podcast, we would love if you would leave a review in either Apple Podcasts, which is on iTunes, or on our Facebook page. We read them all, and they're amazing to receive. If you want to support the podcast financially, you can always check out our online store at alldayruckoff.com store. We've also got that new YouTube channel up and running and are adding videos weekly. If you like video content, we would truly appreciate if you would check that out. There'll be a link in the show notes and subscribe. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And here is the interview with Kadri Carl. I first heard about Go Ruck, God, right after it first came up through Kadri Dan, of all people, because he and I were on a team together, and he found it when he was going through the uh, intelligence sergeant's course, came back and was like, dude, I got this thing. I found this thing. You really need to check it out and blah, 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 and it's called Go Ruck. And I went, let me guess, you walk around with a rucksack? He's like, well, yeah, but I'm like, Dan, I hate rucking. I ruck because I have to, not because I like it. No, go away. Because it's not like that at all, man. It's a great time. It's great people. And yeah, I'm like, Dan, it's rucking. Forget it. Go away. Fast forward, like, what, five years. I was, you know, my last, my last trip to Afghanistan, and I got sidelined by a dismounted IED. So I realized that my, I was never going to go back to a team Probably about the 13-month mark after my injury, uh, I thought I had things kind of set up that maybe I had a ch- small chance of going back to a team, and then I got pulled up to the group headquarters to work staff. And then trying to stay competitive to maybe remain in the Army and get promoted one more time, uh, pursued another job, obviously it was another staff job, and then worked that and then did a trip to Germany and sitting in a joint operations center for 12 hours a day, I was kind of going stir crazy, working my third staff position for all intents and purposes and and not really seeing any kind of direction and just the day-to-day grind of it was driving me nuts. So I decided that, you know what, to give me some focus and probably some closure because like I said, I got injured, got pulled from the team and then I started working staff work once I was finally able to come back to work after all of the hospital appointments and the follow-on appointments, et cetera, et cetera. so there's probably a little closure in there to, to, for a self-evaluation of, okay, how broke are you or how broke are you not, so to speak. And, and like I said, some focus, you know, just something to focus on and give me something to look forward to on my day-to-day grind to go work out with a goal in mind, not just for working out. And then I remembered that GORUCK did, did an event in Normandy, France for the Normandy evasion. And I was going to, I was in Germany at the time. And I was still going to be in Germany if they were running one in France in G- early June. So I looked one day and found it and hit up Dan and said, hey, you know, because I, I didn't know really anything about it. You know, is it, it didn't say that it was 
there was a quota or max participation amount or anything like that, but I hit him up with an email on it and said, hey, I'm here. I'm thinking of doing this. Is there any kind of cap on it or is it just sign up if you want and let's roll? And he emailed me back and said, dude, I got this would be an awesome event for you to do as your first, yada, yada. And so I went ahead and registered. And I think Dan had – Dan, I think, had it in his mind, in the back of his mind a little bit that maybe – this would lead for me becoming cadre, but that's at the time, that's not what I was going for. It wasn't even in my head. And so, um, you know, I said, I, I registered, I paid my, my fees cause I, I, I didn't want, I wanted to do it just like everybody else did. No special treatment, no special considerations with the exception of, you know, where are you staying? And can I, can, do you have floor space for me? <laughs> While in France. Uh, that was, that was the only, favor I really wanted because I didn't want to have to pay for a hotel room um, you know and so I drove I drove up I, I got there I, I hit the start point of the heavy about five minutes ten minutes after they started and I shadowed I shadowed half of the heavy and kind of got a feel for, for for how that works and whatnot got some sleep prepped myself met the heavy at the finish point saw how it ended did a little more you know feeding the machine and resting and then got ready to do my event and then did the, did the, the tough in Normandy. And then my intent was to shadow the, the light, but with the limited amount of sleep I got between the heavy and then the tough, I crashed hard and they never bothered to wake me up. <laughs> <laughs> so I slept through the light, but it, it ended up working out because they hosted the, they hosted the after party right there. And I, I, you know, I hit Dan up in a text. I'm like, hey, what's the timeline? What do you need me to do? I'm finally awake. Um, yada, yada. And they're like, hey, if you can just get the grill going and we'll bring the food. And if you can just have the, have the coals and everything ready to go and, and prep some stuff on ice and yada, yada. And here's this. And so I had a lot of the after party work uh, set up complete by the time all the other cabinet members got back to the house. So it was one less thing that they had to do so they could clean up and get ready for the after party for the participants to start showing up. So it worked out well. And then, you know, that was my introduction to go rock before the tough was even over. Mocha Mike hit me, hit me up as we were walking to the last piece of it. You know, we had like 30 minutes left in the 12 hours, uh, you know, the last piece of the formal event that they wanted to cover. And he's like, I would really like to put you under contract with go rock as a cadre member. And I thought about it and I'm like, sure, I'm game. Um, it was an amazing thing during during my event. One of the things I definitely noticed because I was always that guy because you know I, I joined the army right out of high school, um, and I was that guy realizing as I go back home and talk to my in, you know to my relatives, aunts, cousins, things like that. I will never understand them, and they will never understand me. Meaning the civilians as a whole, you know. And and one of the things I learned through, through go Ruck in that little bit of time is there is a large group of people out there that while they may never understand, they at least are trying. And so to, if they're willing to make the effort, then for that stigma to, to remain in place, then that's on me and it's my problem and I'm the one that needs to change. So I use, you know, that was, that was for me the, the, the probably the one thing, that like was driving my decision to, to accept the offer to, to become go rep cadre. That's wild. Mm -hmm. That's, that's wild. So I've got a couple questions for you related to this. So cadre Dan was the first person to tell you about go Ruck, And that was back in 2011, 2012. So it was, it was right after, I think it was right after he had done his event as a participant. And I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know the progression of Dan's career and start with Go Ruck specifically. I know he had, so it was right at, it was right, either right after he had graduated the Fox course or while he was in it and he happened to be back around the company or it was right after, maybe it was right after my return to the company or maybe I popped in, I think I had popped into the company for something and he was already back and he was talking about it. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's oh dude, I found this thing and he was talking, he was trying to talk it up and get me into it. And like I said, I was wait, it's rucking. Never mind, I'm out. <laughs> but so I, I don't know if he had already started working for Go Ruck or if it was just something he had, you know, but I know it was after he had been a participant. Gotcha. And so was he at the first event that you did in Normandy? He was, yes. He was actually the lead cadre for the heavy and then a supporting cadre for the top. 
That's amazing. What a coincidence. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it worked out well. My deployment, if that's what they, you know, that's what they called it, forward deployed staff for third special forces group. My trip there was ending and Dan's was getting ready to start. So I actually drove him back to Germany to start his trip. Oh, wow. So that really worked out. Yeah. So it really worked out. (laughs) That's amazing. That's one of the things that you would see in a movie or something. You'd say, no, no, that would never happen. Nothing would ever align like that. It never happens. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm supposed to swear, but you know, that stuff never happens. And actually, you know, I hit him up because, oh, I'm cadre for that. Well, well, what a coincidence. Oh, shit. (laughs) Dan's going to kick my butt. (laughs) He absolutely would have, except the the tide was too high. (laughs) I was, I was never so grateful for high tide. (laughs) That's awesome. So what year was that first event? So that was, oh God, that was, I got injured in, no, I got injured in 2013, 2004. So that would have been 2000, that would have been June of 2015. And then it was right after that, that you uh, signed on to be a Gorak cadre? So yeah, like I said, Mocha Mike offered me the job in June. And then I returned home right around, right before July 4th. I spent most of July and August getting through all of the paperwork requirements and signing contracts and getting things started. I did my last shadow with uh, Cadre Garrett in Charlotte in the, towards the end of August. And then I was, I got, I got fortunate because I was still trying to figure out, okay, how does this work? And, you know, at, my approach was these, these people are paying for an experience and I, I want to make sure that I know all get as much I can to make sure I'm delivering on set experience. Um, so my next events were, I went to Indianapolis for nine 11 with uh, Mikey B and that was a phenomenal experience getting an idea of a, another person's point of view on how they run things and things that they bring to the table and things like that. And then after that, I got to do a support. I was another support cadre for the Mogadishu Mile in Tampa with uh, Cadre Montreal um, and, and got to see a little bit more on that. And that one was, I really enjoyed that one uh, for the sense that, you know, because Sarkis is also stationed at Fort Bragg. So we got to meet ahead of, the, ahead of time before the event and kind of go through and what he does to plan events. Because, you know, I could see what he was doing and how he was working rather than just kind of get the, the quick brief because, you know, when I showed up in, in Charlotte and then again in um, Indianapolis, not that, not that either of those two guys did a bad job, but they've got a timeline in their head that they're trying to stick to. So they're just kind of feed me with a fire hose and I'm kind of seeing it and kind of not. And the advantage is to having to have him being able to meet up with Sarkis ahead of time and really kind of see and kind of go through how he plans his routes and look at the map and make sure you know, you're looking at the map, you're looking for these things, making sure you've got either really, really wide shoulders on the road or preferably sidewalks and things like that. Um, so it helped me to get a better understanding of what I need to look for. Um, and the fire hose got trickled down to a garden hose, so to speak. That's a great approach. I know that's not the norm on how casually get hired. I, I, I just got lucky um, that that's kind of how it rolled out. Uh, in my opinion, I don't know if it was by design, by my design and the events that I signed up for it or how they were, how I was attached to events. Um, but it, for me, it gave me the confidence by the time I ran my first event, which was the Veterans Day in Savannah, of all places. Because um, Savannah is a big target city for GORUCK, so I, know, I knew going in that there was going to be a lot of repeat. GRTs that have been around for a minute and know how things are supposed to flow or general idea how things are flowing and have been experienced a bunch of different cadre members and here comes this new guy on the block and what's he got so they're eager that that just in my mind that increased some of the pressure that I put on myself to make sure I was delivering a decent event yeah yeah absolutely and they're especially when you're in an area like that you know where yeah. it's not a bunch of first timers who don't know what to expect it's people who have uh, maybe not expectations, but they've done a number of previous events and they know, you know, they know what's going on in some regard. So that's what a great way to get into it. They'll have a better understanding of why well, he sure didn't do that right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I guarantee you, if you find some of those folks, they'll tell you that my, my, my coupon to participant ratio was definitely a little off. <laughs> <laughs> 
Definitely a little off. Too many coupons? Mm, too many <laughs> coupons, too much weight. Ask them to carry ridiculous amounts of weight too far with, and then not really change it up. And, and it was a really tremendous learning experience for me and, and how to balance that out. And then, you know, it forced a lot of introspective thought on my part on, okay, these are supposed to be designed on situations and missions that I've ever done or was prepared to do. And then asking, you know, asking a 12-man ODA to carry stupid, ridiculous amounts of weight for X number of hours or miles, no, that's not realistic. That's not how we would have planned it. So now that, you know, go back to the drawing board and make make these mini missions or, or, or tasks that I, that I hand the participants, make them realistic, make them tough, challenging, but make them doable and realistic, you know? Yeah. There's times in events where here's here's your weight. You're carrying it for the entire 12 hours. I'm sorry, but then at least build in opportunity for them to dump some weight to to make it easier as they get tired and smoke and you know physically and mentally spent. And you know for for Normandy or not Normandy, but for for Savannah for that first one, I definitely did not plan that into my put that into account. They definitely got their money's worth in terms of weight and distance. The, the GRT community is awesome because I, I was received with open arms from the word go. Um, and as much as, you know, I apologize for, 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 for having, you know, my coupon to participant ratio being screwed up and I promised I'd get better. And they went, you know what, you know, it was, it was, it was tough. It was challenging. Everybody got some, uh, obviously you're, you're learned from it. And man, I still look forward to, to seeing you in the next one. Um, so the participants were great. Nobody was really, you're an asshole. That was just stupid. Um, and, and so, so having that acceptance and latitude to know that, you know, it's a learning curve and they're understanding it's a learning curve, but yet still part of it, it's a learning curve for all because, you know, go ruck events, they're, they're always different. And that's one of the, the best things about them. Um, you know, you, you know, I, I know GRTs have their favorite cadre members and, you know, and I and I get it. You like the way certain people do certain things and the way they're, they're tailored and focused and and whatever. And, and but every cadre brings a different flavor, so to speak. So don't be afraid to go find a different one, and you'll get a completely different experience in the same 12 hours and this in a different you know in a different in the same city, but a different day and in, in the same time time frame. Exactly, and that's one of the reasons why I think you know GRT keep coming back time and time again. Because Goruk just has such a huge roster of amazing cadre, and each right. one definitely delivers a unique experience, you know, way different than some other ones. And some people like heavyweight, some people like going far, some people like heavyweight and going far. And <laughs> I'm probably guilty of that one. And so you you just always get something new, and that's just one of the reasons why I think you just see those faces time and time again at events. Yeah, well, that also makes it tough on us too. I bet it does. Or at least it does. Or at least it does to me because what I, what you know, knowing that I'm going to have, because I look at the rushers ahead of time and, yep, recognize that name, recognize that name, know that person, know that person, recognize that name, and I'll go through and I'll look. And I'm like, okay, I've had these, you know, I've had certain people for several events now. I need to change up my patterns and my things to bring them something new as well. It, it's unique because it forces. Me as the cadre to 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 continually think about how to change things and and do something at one event, not do it at the next couple of events, a couple of events later, and then bring it back, you know, based off of where I'm at and who who's there. Yeah. So that even my own events are cookie cutter events, and this is this is my event. This is how I run my event. I'm forced to to change the cookie cutter, so to speak. That's really interesting. Like I said, it's a good thing for me too, because that way. They're, because it also keeps me from getting bored. Because at, at five in the morning, cadre are droning too sometimes. And when you know we you know we can get stuck in a rut and be like, yeah, here we are again. Put one foot in front of the other. Just keep walking. Especially those events that you're flying out for. I mean, you probably fly out the day before. You've got a long travel day. I'm I'm actually the guy that gets up. So I was fortunate while I was still in the army. I you know I was in a job that allowed me to take take that Friday off. So I get up at five in the morning and it was really horrible when I would travel West. So I get up at like five in the morning, get on a flight, get to, get to where I was going in central time usually. So Texas, Nebraska, Ohio, wherever, 
Um, and then so and I so I'd be up, you know, five five four five o'clock in the morning Eastern Standard for an event that wouldn't start until ten o'clock Eastern Standard. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, what a way to start. Yeah. Lots lots of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> My last question before we get into uh, Go Rock Memorial events and all that stuff. Yep. It sounds like you really enjoy running Go Rock events. I do. I do enjoy them. Did you enjoy participating in your first one? I did. I, you know, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be, which to a certain degree was probably a good thing. Um, it was not as challenging as I thought it would be. It was. It was still challenging. There were some things in there. It's like, okay. And, and you know, and it's the difference between a go ruck event and you know something we would do in training for for missions and such, et cetera, et cetera, or, or just our overall fitness. It'd be something different. It'd be like, okay, I, I get it. I see where this is. Where this can kind of relate, or kind of, or just it, it's flavored specifically for go ruck and, and 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 evaluating, you know, giving people an assessment of themselves and, and creating that because you know most. Let's face it the average person doesn't put themselves out there to, and really challenge themselves. And where am I at physically and mentally? And it's true. So I, I, I enjoy, I enjoyed my event and the ability to do it in Normandy was just phenomenal because ha- having served in the 101st airborne division and the 82nd airborne division, I, I'm not going to say a history buff by any means, but I, I like learning about history because you know we're doomed to repeat it if we don't. Um, you know, so I went in there and I thought I knew a lot about Normandy and, and stuff and how things, the flow of the D-Day invasion and whatnot. And being able to walk the ground and see exactly kind of what those guys, those, those, those men did was just, it put things in a whole new perspective. I'm sure. But for that reason alone, it was just a phenomenal event and a phenomenal experience and one that I will remember for a long, long time. That's awesome. And have you signed up as a participant since? Um, not for standard runs. I did do when 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 they the very first beach beta they ran this past summer. Um, when they when it was released, I, re, I read you know all of the this is what it's going to be. This is what you're kind of going to do. And I was like, well, this sounds really cool. I'm going to go do this. <laughs> and it was it was a phenomenal event. You know, it, it really was very different from your traditional go rucks. Would I do a? Would I sign up and be a participant for a tough, tough light, heavy? Uh, I, I've I've considered it. I know what I, I know what my wife would say. She'll tell me hell no because you know I'll come home from a go rough weekend and be like exhausted and like sore and beat up and I didn't do anything. But I'm still you know you still put the mileage on your feet. Generally speaking, I'm awake longer than the participants are really, just because of the timelines that for travel and then doing the events and then being ready for the next event and getting things ready. Cause you know, even within my events, I try to, I try to, if I can help it, my tough and my light are still different events. So there are different start points, you know, usually not too far away for those that are doing both, but they're different. So they're not seeing the same thing over again. That's really unique. So that minimizes the amount of rest I can get in just downtime because you know, I get I get to a city, I, I prep everything out and get everything ready to go and verify and con- confirm or deny my plan for the tough. If, if time permitting, I can do it for my light. Um, most times for the light, usually all I'm able to confirm is my start point. So if I need to make a change, I've got time to do it. But then, you know, I'm, I'm verifying those routes, usually in between the events or changing up, changing up my coupons or, or whatever, you know, whatever I've got planned for the light. And it's just, it's, it's like I said, it's just my spin on it. I try to deliver two completely separate events, even though it's in the same location. That's awesome. That's, that's really, really cool. I'm sure participants appreciate the effort that you put into that because. The first couple of times I've done it, I have participants come and say, you know, I didn't know how I was going to feel about having to relocate for the light, but I actually liked it because I got to see, especially for those that are traveling to a, to a new city as well, because then they get to see different parts of the city not the same thing. Absolutely. I'm also trying to find different places to go because you can only beat around the city for so long. And then it's like, yep, I've seen, I've seen the city. I've been, you know, I've been here, especially for those that are local, they already know the city or or majority of the city. So 
you know, I try to find outlying areas. If I can get a participant to say, I'm from here and I didn't know this was here, I figure that's a big win. Absolutely. So GORUCK Memorial events, they're becoming much more frequent this year. In the past years, there have been a, you know, a couple of them and they've been doing the Memorial Day events for a number of years, but it's, it's not really until this year. And I think last year when they've had the memorial events for individuals. Yes and no. Cause I know, you know, un- unfortunately, Joe Ruck had its first casualty in Syracuse a few yes. years ago. And yep. after that, they did, the, you know, they did the Jeff Poietti Memorial. And then of course, you know, starting off when they renamed the, the Bragg heavy to the Joe Warner Bragg heavy. Yes. And that was, and last year's, not this past one that got canceled, unfortunately, but the one before that. So this would have been this 2017. I was fortunate enough to, to participate as a cadre member for the, the Joe Warner Heavy then. And that was my first introduction to how Gold Rock kind of does specific memorial events and remembering the person. And I kind of liked, I liked how the whole thing was trying to, for those that knew the person, they're allowed to share and, and carry on that person you know, and pass on that person. Get other, And for those that didn't know the person, like I never had the privilege of meeting Joe. Um, but through the events, I get if you get a sense of who Joe was, et cetera, et cetera, and, and why he was so special. So I had an opportunity last year to run the, the Jeff Proietti Memorial in Syracuse last year. Unfortunately for me, it was kind of short notice so I didn't get a lot. I didn't get into the whole memorializing Jeff specifically. I, I just tried to deliver. I, I knew, you know, he was a, a hard, hard man uh, in terms of how far he would push himself. So my, my focus going in, since I had, because I think I got assigned to it like two weeks early or two weeks out, and so I, I didn't get a chance to really talk to the family or and get a sense for who Jeff was. But I had gotten a sense from talking to um, Brian Squared, who I think, if I recall rightly, was the the cadre when Jeff got killed, um, the kind of man he was as far as how far he would push himself and and really just did not quit, would not quit, not did not, would not quit. You know, um, in fact, his, his widow last year gave me a shirt and the quote from him is, I found a good limp. I'm good. Let's go. You know, yeah. he just really work through it. Just push yourself through it. You can get through it. It'll, you know, eventually you'll get to where you want to be. And that's the finish point And that sense of accomplishment, regardless of how much it hurts now, that sense at the end is what you're looking for. Um, so I tried to, you know, I focused on making sure I delivered an event that would have been challenging for him. And that's something that at the end he would have been proud of completing. Yeah. That was a, that was a terrible day. For sure. Because I ran it last year, I was approached and said, hey, you, you've already got familiarity with this event. Would you mind running it this year? And I was, you know, check my scout, my calendar. And, and fortunately, I'm, I'm open. So I will be back in Syracuse this May. And with enough time that I've already reached out to, to his brother, Craig, and let, let's see if we can do, if I can incorporate more into who Jeff was and, and getting, getting Jeff out there again so that people can know who get a, get a sense of who he was and and really hit on that memorialization piece because i think you know the whole point of doing a memorial event is to try to, to, to pass on that legacy of who who that person was right you know absolutely i mean that's the nail on the head there the, the whole focus especially people who are you know who are doing the event and never met him or never met the right. person that the event is about if they can leave that event with an appreciation and an understanding of why everyone, you know, loved and respected that person so much, then you've, you've done your job. And it's, it's also a form of passing the torch because a lot of the, you know, for, for a lot of the folks that, you know, a lot of the GRTs that knew Jeff or, or w- with Jeff that night or knew Joe, um, whether as a part with Joe as a participant or Joe as a cadre member, a lot of those folks are at the point now in their go up careers were like, you yeah, know, I think I'm going to retire for a while. So as they start to, fade into the background when the new breed of GRTs comes in, we're losing that special quality specifically, especially in these events that are named for these people as to, you know, why, why go Ruck chose to, to, to have that memorial event. So we need to, we need to capitalize on while those people that knew those, knew those individuals, those GRTs that knew those individuals are still participating to pass it on. That makes total sense. 
Absolutely. That's not even something that I even thought about, but that's incredibly important. So I'm, I'm standing here uh, as we're recording this and on the, the wall behind me, I've got uh, some of the patches, some of my event patches and patches people have sent. And mm-hmm. I just turned around and the Jeff one's right there. I remember when that happened, um, there was a huge, so there was a, there that night? I, was, I wasn't there, but there was a huge uh, fundraiser for it right. for his family afterwards. And oh, okay. I got you. that patch up on the wall. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things that everyone who was in the community at that time remembers. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, tragedies do sometimes happen as, you know, was, was uh, occurred this, this past Jan- uh, February uh, at, back at Bragg. Um, but the way the community pulls together to support is just phenomenal. Yeah, we truly have a unique and special community, and that's yeah. for sure. And, and, and I've heard it time and again, you know, so-and-so couldn't be, you know, who's so-and-so on the list? You know, for, for, for the cadre member, it could be another, you know, just it's just, just a no-show. You know, the hard part isn't signing up. The hard part's showing up. And then someone says, hey, this is what's going on. This is why so-and-so's not here. And then, you know, you put that, you put that out there and say, Hey, just so everybody's tracking, this was a story. And then watch the community come together and do something special for that individual, whether it be, whether it be putting up a memorial on top of a mountain, which is one of the things I've heard of, they carried it up there and set it up or coming together with a fundraiser to help the family or, or just the, 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 the amount of support and positivity that comes out on Facebook is, is just phenomenal. It really is a great community. Yeah. So you were the cadre for the the Jeff Memorial last year, and you were just the cadre for the Rob one of the cadre for the Robbie Miller Memorial Heavy this year. Yes. Uh, so, so what made you decide to sign up to lead the Robbie Miller Memorial event? I saw on Facebook last year that they they were trying to put they were trying because they were trying to put it together last year, not this past January, but the year before. Um, and when I saw it, I, I really wanted to jump on it uh, for, for a couple of reasons. Um, and unfortunately, the time, the timing that it was initially released um, and the time of year, it, you know, the, the marketing for it really wasn't there to kind of get it, to give it the attention it deserved, especially for the inaugural. Um, so they sold it for, for a year. But since I'd seen it, I knew I kind of wanted, I wanted to be involved. For two reasons. One, I had the privilege of going through the Q course or part of the Q course with Robbie uh, through the weapons committee when we did that MOS specific portion of the training. Um, and that was that was when I met Robbie. And I'm not going to by any means say that I was a good, close, personal friend and I knew him well, because truth be told, I didn't. And I, I, I preface that even at the memorial. You know, my, my knowledge and knowing of Robbie was very, very limited. And then after that, I knew of Robin, all the great accomplishments and things that he was doing because we were in the same battalion, but in different companies. But at least I had, I had personal connection to, to him for the event to bring at least, if nothing else came together, at least somebody there would could say they knew Robbie, you know? So, and that, so that was one. And then two, it, it became more of a personal matter to just to make sure that the event was done in such a manner to really capture and highlight what Robbie did, not, not the physical act, but you know, uh, of dying that day, but the actual, the, the, the gravity of the decisions he made that day and how they had lasting effects. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I wanted to make sure that I had that, that I don't know, I guess I got selfish. I just, I wanted to make sure it was done right. That's a incredibly, incredibly valid reason. Maybe a little selfish, because you know, but that was my motivate. One of my, you know, the big motivation is I wanted to, I wanted to make sure I had a hand in, in ensuring that it was done right. You know, and, and it, somebody out there who was a participant, like, nope, you got it wrong, bro. And and if that's the case, by all means, let me know. That way, there we can we can get it out there and get it fixed, and I can fix myself. So the next time, it's not wrong. But yeah, selfishly, I wanted, 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 wanted to put my hand in there to, 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 so I could feel comfortable with that it would have been done right. <laughs> All the participants I, I've talked to so far have said it was amazing. So I, th- I think you did good. You, men- <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that uh, one of the reasons why you wanted to, to do this was so that at the very least, there'd be one person at the event 
who had at least met Robbie Miller. From what I what I heard, um, it turned out that there were a number of people and and special guests at the event who knew him. Do you want to elaborate on who showed up and and what it was like having them there? Oh, it was amazing. I knew so. I knew, for example, Javier Mackey. Uh, I knew he was on, and it was just by very very fortuitous circumstance that. Hob happens to be the RO, the enlisted ROTC instructor at UCF. So right off the bat, I knew, and, and that's not, and that's one of those things where having that information and that knowledge helps set conditions for the event and making sure we capture Robbie. You know what I mean? And, and getting those personal connections in there because another cadre member might not have known that or remembered that, but, but I did. So that that's you know ha- having Hob there was phenomenal. He, he was the backside support he provided was awesome. And the personal experiences that he shared were amazing. Um, you know, during, during the event, he was relaying, he was relaying stories and anecdotes about Robbie that even his parents hadn't yet heard. That's incredible. And, and I know, and I know that Hobb talks to them quite a bit and, you know, being, being in Orlando, I know he sees them quite regularly and talks to them and, and, and has continued, has done so from, from the get go. But to have that, that event bring out another story and one that they, his parents had not heard, you know, you can't ask, you, you just, you stroke a lock in that as far as that goes. And then, um, I had another cadre member cause I was given, cause but, well, once I got assigned, it's like, Hey, you know, for this event, you get to kind of pick, your, your support cadre for this. And right now we've got one more required. And I had another one picked. I I'd asked cadre in Montreal if he would do it. Simply, you know, one, he, he had a third group connection. I, I know he didn't, he didn't have a connection with Robbie, but at least he had that third group connection. And then unfortunately, you know, Sarkis had to bow out due to uh, work, work slash school requirements. Um, Cause the, program he's in for his education it was it's pretty time intensive and he just he you know he he's like i i just can't and you know i completely understand you gotta do what you gotta do so i got onto the facebook cadre you know the cadre members only facebook page and said hey any third group cadre members interested and got time in their calendar to to be the you know so second cadre for this event and that's when that's when chris chris hit me up almost immediately Hey man, I would my, my calendar's open. I would love to. And oh, by the way, you know, and that's when he told me that he was he was on staff due to the night the notification came back or the day the to- notification came back to group, and then he was also part of the that was assigned, and that was just you know a phenomenal stroke because now as I'm putting together this piece, I've got Pav there. You know, I, I had his parents. I knew his parents were going to be participants because I'd already talked to them, so they'd be able to talk about. Childhood Robbie, the teenage Robbie, prior to him joining the army, and I had a small snippet of going through the Q course with him, and then I had Hob there to talk about team life, and then I've got you know one of the things that we never talk about or very rarely gets talked about or understood, especially from from a, from a, a the soldier point of view, because you know we I was downrange in Afghanistan when Robbie got killed, you know, so we've got our you know our our six hours, 12 hours, three hours, whatever your mission, your op tempo will allow to reflect and, and mourn before you got to get back to work. And, and the team does the same thing, but having Chris there to give the, uh, you know, so this is the perspective from the guys back here when that happens. Yeah. I, when, when he, when he threw that out there and volunteered, I, I couldn't, I couldn't pass it up, you know, cause it just, it paints the whole picture, not just part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's phenomenal. I mean, you can't even, hardly ask for a, a better group to show up to hit every aspect. Right. And then, you know, Robbie's fr- best friend growing up in high school was, you know, hit, hit me up and said, Hey, I'm going to be a participant. This is who I am. And then like, cool, if you don't mind, I'm going to use you for, for certain pieces of it. And, and I hope you don't mind. He's like, Nope, I don't mind at all. So, and then having that perspective, because you know, your, your parents know things about you when you're in high school your friends know a different side of you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's amazing that you're able to, to capture so much of him. So it really was, it was a, a, amazing. The ability, I don't even know how to say it. The, the cast of personnel that, I, that was available to me that all kind of fell into place really just highlighted that whole memorialization piece of it. 
you know, and I, I couldn't have asked for a better set of circumstances. Absolutely. I mean, that's it's sure what it sounds like. So I heard that Cadre Dan might have been participating in this event as well. Dan, I guess, I, I, unbeknownst to me at the time, Dan had made a bet with Jason a while back to be a, to participate again. So Dan, and this, as, as Dan used this event for a couple of reasons. One, he wanted to be a part of the Robbie Memo Memorial. He wanted to be a part of it. But having gotten to group after the fact, he didn't want to run the event because he didn't have that personal connection other than being in group. Um, so when he found out that I did, and, you know, he, he kind of helped me, in, in essence, he pretty much kind of helped ensure that I would get assigned the event because of that personal connection. That's when he decided that this was going to, you know, wanting to be involved in it, that's when he decided he was going to be a participant in that event. And it also gave him a chance to evaluate the heavy from the participant's point of view. Before I retired, Dan and I worked in the same office, just at different desks. But so, you know, during breaks or whatever, lulls in, lulls in the chaos of paperwork and computer emails, uh, we would talk about various things. And I know he'd been considering maybe changing up how the heavy was run, but didn't want to go, didn't want to go full retard, so to speak, and, and change up the entire thing. But, and, but, and didn't even know if he really wanted to change things, how he wanted to change things, but thought maybe it might be a time, might be a good chance to kind of change things up just to change up the event as a whole and how it's run just to shake things up. Um, so I know it provided him the opportunity. This was, that was his gauge to see how were the events run from a participant's point of view, just to get that perspective and decide if he was going to make any changes as a director. And what better way to figure that out than participate in an event? Right, exactly. No matter where you are in what world, whether it be you know civilian, military, contractor, whatever, People like to change things. The good idea for is come come along and make all kinds of wazoo changes in, in, your, in your, your, your flow of things without really ever having necessarily this experience to speak with any kind of education or experience in the matter. And a lot of times those changes don't reflect the desired end state. But having that perspective, then you can see, well, you know what? Yeah, this, is, this definitely needs to be changed this way for this reason, you know? Um, so kudos to Dan for... For, for for that, and I, I I think he just one it would settle the bet. Two it was it was a way for him to gauge if changes needed to be made, uh, and really experience the heavy from from the participant's point of view to understand if he was going to make changes. What best way to make those changes to make it a better experience? Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because Cadre Dan was the lead cadre for your first event, and here yeah. you are years later the lead cadre at an event that he's participating in. Yeah, it, when, now that you mention it, it's kind of, yeah. Did that make for an interesting dynamic? It did. I, wa I wasn't sure how he was going to be able to switch roles. And to a certain extent, he performed kind of like how I thought he would. He, he, he didn't. He did, but he didn't. Uh, so I had I had to remind him that you don't get to be the team leader the entire 24 hours go away. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan. You don't get to make that decision today. <laughs> So what's it like running an event as a cadre and then having the team leader be a cadre as well? You know, for, for certain aspects of it and how, what I wanted to accomplish in the timeline that I wanted to accomplish with, it worked out really well because I knew it, it helped ensure that I would be able to meet my, my internal time hacks because I knew with him as team leader, it would allow certain things to flow the way I had want them to in my head without me being the lead, you know, me taking over that leadership role to ensure it happens. You know, you, you, you put out the standard as you, as you normally would. And because there's an experienced cadre member there as the team leader or just putting in those hints and suggestions to make things flow, it actually helps to make sure that I was able to meet those gates and ensure that when I was at a certain spot and I wanted to dedicate a certain amount of time that I would have that time. So it was, it was actually really awesome in that regard. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. But it sounds like he also wanted to be TL the whole time. It, it's Danny. He's a control freak. He always has been. <laughs> um, and then you know, now coming up on, on soon to be getting pinned as a sergeant major in, in the army in special forces, 
it only makes sense that he's kind of he wants to keep his hands on things and make sure things are going right, et cetera, et cetera. So him volunteering to be team leader for the entire event isn't surprising. Um, and I'm sure had I not said anything, the rest of the participants were like, yeah, sure, <laughs> make this easier, let's do it. Um, but at the same token, it's the, it's the Go Ruck event, and the whole point is to get different leadership styles and experiences in there and, and allow, allow the participants when they're in that role whether by trial and error or listening to suggestions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's also to be a good leader, you also have to be a good follower. Absolutely. As a reminder to Dan as he's getting ready to take, it, hopefully it'll be a reminder to Dan as he's getting ready to take over a company one day that uh, you can't be the team sergeant for all six teams. You got to let those team sergeants run their teams and you're there to just throw advice and observations, but you got to let them be in charge too. So final, final cadre Dan question. Mm-hmm. People, you know, they act a little different when they're probably running a GORUCK event as a cadre versus when they're participating. Do you have a preference between cadre Dan and participant Dan? Honestly, I didn't really see a whole lot of difference because I've been, I've been, I've had Dan as, you know, ODA teammate Dan. I've had Dan as um, team sergeant on a sister team while I was a team sergeant. Um, Dan is, so as a peer, we're both running our teams respectively. I've had Dan as first sergeant Dan, where, you know, he was, he came over before I, you know, like I said, when I drove him back to Germany to start his rotation before I rotated home, he was in that first sergeant role and I was running the jock. And so as, as much as he'll probably disagree that he was my boss, so to speak, um, in essence, in right structure and how things flow, he, he was. And same when we worked in the same office before I retired. Um, I've had Dan in several different levels of friendship and work relationships. So seeing, and actually I worked with Dan during the Texas Triple last March. So I've had, you know, Dan as co-cadre with me and then Dan as participant. Anything Dan does, Dan does with, you know, he goes all out 100% to be the best at the best he can be in whatever role he's in and, Honestly, having, you know, Dan as participant versus Dan as cadre versus Dan as teammate, you know, work or boss at work or however you want to put it, there's really, he really does, he does a great job of understanding what his roles are and and just being that supportive guy all around where you need him, when you need him, and how you need him. Uh, and Dan's probably going to sit there and say, quit blowing smoke, sunshine out my ass. <laughs> but, um, no, really, there's, you know... You know, having had Dan work with Dan as co-cadre and then having him as participant, he he fit, he molded himself and and plugged himself into each role appropriately without overstepping bounds, without creating any tension or undue stress or pressure or any of that. So I didn't didn't notice a difference or or have a preference one way or the other because at no time was there a... You know, I've got a cadre member here that I, you know, if he doesn't like this, I'm screwed or anything like that. I put that on myself because as a, as having a fellow cadre member, dude, did I deliver? But I would ask him as I would ask him as that as a participant, just like I asked other participants that day, what did you think? Did I deliver? Did it did it go well? Um, you know, and then as a as a cadre member that's got experience running heavies and memorial events, this that and the other thing, what 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 could I have done better? And it was not, it was less so much of the pressures of having a cadre member as a participant and, and that, but as an experienced person now, you know, running them and then being a participant, what did you think? And I used it more of a growing experience for me. That's a great way to use it. You know, as, as a learning experience, because, you know, I always ask at the end of events, what y'all think? You know, and, you know, when we give our clothes out, you're going to get your email and you're going to get your critiques. By all means, if you, if you don't want to hit me up and do it face-to-face, that's fine. You want to do it anonymously. I don't have a problem with that. But if, if there's something that's just gnawing at your craw that I did wrong or I said wrong or whatever, put it out there. Let me know because I can't fix what I don't know is broken. And so, you know, with your questions regarding Dan, and I, I use that the same way. It's just I have unique experience now is he's a participant in the event, but he's also experienced at running the events and, Hey, bud, you might have want to do this differently, um, and that's coming from now. And then that's perspective then um, from both sides of the house, so to speak. So that's you know it, that criticism or critique 
or suggestion actually holds a little more weight. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So back to Robbie Miller Memorial Heavy event, mm-hmm. there was a video that GORUCK recently put out, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes. And it had mm-hmm. some speeches from the event, and it had some pieces of the event in it. And one of the, you know, a lot of it looked like standard GORUCK fair, but one part that that caught me and I found interesting was there was some usage of, of shopping carts. <laughs> so... I, I have not seen, I, you know, the, 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 the video was taken down before I had a chance to see it. Um, so the only one I saw was the one Blaine did from GORUCK headquarters and his, uh, and his long narrative about not knowing Robbie, but having known Robbie's team leader at the time and, and their experiences and, and their friendship and how that all, and their support back and forth and, the, and their shared events. Um, that was the one I saw. I didn't actually see the video itself. But the shopping carts thing is through, through GORUCK, and if you see something out there that will help you and you're not told otherwise, go for it. Think outside the box. Be creative. So as they were walking, and I had them, I purposely designed this one to have kind of ridiculous amounts of weight for almost a ridiculous amount of distance. And, and part of that is it, it's to capture the gravity of the event. you gotta you got to push through just like Robbie did and the decisions he made and an understanding that, you know, push through and then the team has to keep going regardless of how overwhelming things may feel. You have to keep going. Uh, so I kind of purposely did that. I didn't expect it to go quite as slow or as long as it was before they reached the check, the, 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 the next stage and mission set and coupon distribution. Um, but I was determined to make them go through that piece. And so what it happens is, is we were walking along, Dan and one of the other cadre ma- or, uh, participants found a shopping cart. And since they didn't say we couldn't, since I never said they couldn't use it, by all means, you find something you can use, use it. Great thinking outside the box, great paying attention to the surroundings and what's around you and what is usable or might be usable. They found it. And while they were running out to it and buddy team, they found another one and got squirreled. And so they, they left each other. So each went their own way to go grab a shopping cart. Um, and that's what resulted in them having to wear said shopping carts at that point, you know, they, they were hurting they, the team. The team was, was struggling with the weight, uh, and for the amount of time that they've been had to carry it. And I understood that. So I wasn't going to deny them the use of the cop, the shopping carts, but rules are rules are rules and they apply to everyone at all times. So to further earn the use of said shopping carts, the two people that violated the buddy team rule had to pay the penalty. They didn't have to carry it very far or anything like that, but it was just, it was a good, good learning point, especially because it was Dan rules apply to everyone at all times. <laughs> Great way to drive it home. I know that's one of Dan's more popular sayings during events is the rules apply all the time. And now everybody gets to see that just because he is Dick Cadre Dan, they not only apply all the time, but they apply to everyone. That, that was a go rock learning point and, and something to, to grow and feed that no one's immune, regardless of who you are, no one's immune. And it also worked out that I had enough other people from headquarters there that were like, oh, no, no, I'm getting this on video. So it was, <laughs> it was posted almost instantly. Yeah. And for, the, and for those who are listening and haven't seen the video, do you want to just br- briefly describe uh, what ensued when uh, the, the two people going after the shopping carts uh, split off? Well, initially, like I said, initially to, to, to earn the right to use them for the team, uh, they had to carry them. And they only carried them for maybe a quarter or a half mile. Not, nothing crazy, uh, because that's also two more people out of, out of, out of, off the team from carrying all that already kind of ridiculous weight, especially by that point, and they're all really tired and, and fatigued. Um, after that, it's, you know, it's using your head and what can, we, what can we put in the carts without overloading them and making them un- unmanageable but also make it easier for ourselves to move all of this equipment that I had them carrying. So, so one of the things that I was able to find in one of my events in Lexington, Kentucky is a concrete, probably oversized parking tie. It's probably part of a curb at one point. It is reinforced concrete. There is rebar in it. It's about five feet long. And it was one of those awesome things that I, that I used because Robbie was a, a weapons sergeant. And one of the things weapons sergeants are, are known for is our big guns. 
So that was my 120 millimeter mortar tube. And then I got fortunate, you know, two couple summers ago, I, I ripped out my deck in the backyard and decided to explore a patio. And I had some with uh, actually a lot of the soldiers that I was working with at the time who happened to be a bunch of construction engineers. So they came over to the house and we had some beers and poured the concrete and we had, it was a good time and it came out really well, but I had leftover concrete. So we just built a quick form and I was like, Hey, just build me a, you know, two by two square or whatever you got for whatever concrete we think we got left. And I'll just put this square down there and I'll put my garbage bucket on it. Well, I was looking at it one day and I was like, you know what? That'd be a good base plate for said mortar tube. So they had about a two inch, two and a half inch thick, two, two and a half foot by two and a half, two, two and a half foot square that served as a base plate. And I think that stupid thing weighs like 110, 125 pounds. Oh, man. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that the mortar tube, that concrete, it weighs somewhere around 210, 220. It might weigh more. I don't know. My scale probably didn't like me when I put it on it. <laughs> now that's something. Uh, so they, they distribute, like I said, they, they were able to distribute some of the stuff on there. So instead of carrying it, because a lot of the lot of the, the coupons that I gave them were a lot of hand carry. So it was a lot of forearm smoking and shoulders and whatnot uh, and grip strength. So they were able to put some of that in the cart and then just push instead of carry. And then unbeknownst to me, that somewhere along the line after that, they found two more. So they ended up putting everything in shopping carts. <laughs> that, now that's being resourceful. It is, and, you know, and that's, but that's one of the things during events that we never say you can't use things to help you out. And if it's something that can help you out and you can think outside the box to use it, go for it. Why not? It's no different than GRTs now show up with all kinds of different lashing materials and straps and climbing uh, runners and things like that to help secure things and carry things. You know, those are, those are the things they've learned to put in their packs as, you know, over the years and, and different events or whatever to help help them along the way watching your environment and seeing a shopping cart is no different. Absolutely. Thinking outside the box there a little. Yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. So is there, is there anything else you want to talk about related to the Robbie Miller Memorial heavy event? The thing that struck me and I, I even mentioned this on, on the, the follow-up I did after the event, it took me probably a week and a half, almost two weeks before I typed anything. Cause I kept going back over in my head. Did I want to say anything? Was I going to say anything? Or should I just keep it personal and private? But I did a lot of introspective introspection on it, or whatever you want to call it, whatever the term is. The, the thing that got me, because of my limited and unique exposure with Robbie as fellow students and very different in age groups and, and, and state statuses in life, you know, Robbie was 22 years old, I think, 21, 22 years old, single, new to the Army, and, and really just starting his career. And I was a senior staff sergeant, married two kids in my, you know, coming up on my mid thirties, uh, two totally different perspectives. But then the thing that struck me as unique is with what I knew of Robbie and then the, the limited stories I'd heard and the thing, you know, you go back and you read because, you know, you can't go into third group headquarters without seeing Robbie just about everywhere uh, for obvious reasons and rightly so but you read the narratives and you read the write-ups and you read the this and you read the articles, they focus on his actions. And the thing about this event that really struck home for me was I got to know a little bit more about the person and what truly, you know, the, 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 the loss, you know, it wasn't just a brother. It was, you know, you, you got to really see how much of a loss it is now that he's gone and how much he touched on the people that knew him best and knew him well how much he touched their lives and how much his loss impacted them. And you realize that the person is not just not necessarily the sum of their, their deeds because they are, but there's so much more to it. And, and that this event really captured for that for me and reminded me that while we are the sum of our events, we are still so much more. And those are the things that we got to keep passing on those unwritten things that really capture who we are as people outside of our events that are publicized and known that keep the legacy going and keep his, keep him in our hearts and in our minds and in our thoughts and really keep him alive. That's incredibly powerful. And I'm really glad that you were the, the lead cadre for this event. So was I. I really like, I really, really like the approach that you take to all of the memorial events that you've done for this one, 
for the for Jeff's memorial event and I'm sure for the the one next year for him as well. It's just it's so nice just to hear how much uh, thought and effort is is just put into making these just such a, a holistic you know experience that you know like like you mentioned that it's not you're not just getting the Wikipedia entry for what happened, which is right. all, all about his his actions that day and his death. You're getting about him as a person and who he was growing up, what he meant to his family, to his best friend. It's just it's amazing. Yeah. So thank you, thank thank you for for signing up and putting your name in to do this event because I know for a fact because I've talked to people who did the event that it was it was truly something special. And so if they if they haven't told you that, then I'm telling you now. People have told me that this was an incredibly special event. I, I've I've heard it a couple of times, and and you know it, I, I've looked you know I always look back at the different events. Uh, even I mean I, I even go back to Veterans Day and things that I did that may not have been right, things that I did that, that went well, and and I always hope that like you know like I said you know the GRTs they're they're coming on and they're hope they're they're expecting an experience and it's my job to deliver on their experience and while I may not always meet expectations at least it's an experience that they can look back on whether it be fondly or or, or otherwise. Because you can always learn from things that, you know, I definitely do, do not like that approach or that idea or that technique, and I will not ever use that. So you can learn from successes and failures from, you know, whether you're the leader or you're the, the, the guy just having to deal with it. And so that's always my goal, and it's always I always go through with every event, you know, with, with events coming up and, okay, how do I want to work this? What events, what, what mission sets do I want? What worked, what didn't? What do I want to try? And hopefully it works out. And the great thing about GRTs is they're always willing to be guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They are. And that's why there's those beta events out there. People love signing up for the beta events. They don't even know what they're signing up for. But they'll throw money at it and they'll be the guinea pigs. Because they know it's an experience. They'll get No matter what, they're going to get an experience. Absolutely. You know, one of the awesome things about GORUCK is Whenever they do an abate event, it's always a positive experience. Someone's always learning something, whether it be a, a you know, completely new skill set or just self-evaluation on where they think they are in, in different stages of fitness, whether it be physical, mental, or spiritual. Um, it, it's always a learning experience. It's always an experience. For some, it's not always necessarily a positive one. <laughs> um, but there again, it's always that, that's also about perspective. What's your perspective? Because a negative experience for one person with a different approach to it is a positive one or can be a positive. Absolutely. So while, while I've got you here, is there, is there anything else you want to talk about or promote? I know the Robbie Miller Memorial Heavy event is already scheduled for next year. So I'll have a link to that for people who, who want to sign up. But are you thinking about throwing your your name in there again? Um, so there's, I am, but there's a couple of things in there that are, you know, considerations that have to be taken in one. I don't yet know what my work schedule will be for next year to make sure I'm available. I'm sure it won't be an issue because it is uh, Martin Luther King weekend, which I can always make a long weekend, uh, especially working where I'm working. Uh, so that shouldn't be an issue. But at the same token, uh, one of the things I actually learned from Dan with uh, with regards to Normandy, you, you got to share the wealth. You got to let other people get in there and 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 run it and experience it and and put it together. So you know, if if GoRug asks me, by all means, I will absolutely run it again. If asked, I'm willing to let someone else jump in if they want it. You know what I mean? If someone else wants it, but they want me there to help, you know, as a support member, I'll I'll do that too. You know what I mean? As the second. Uh, I'm not because you know it's, it's an event that I think others should should be able to throw their hat in and, and be considered for what they can bring and maybe make the event better. And again, that's just another I mean, just incredibly you know powerful message from you. Uh, from just talking about this event, you can tell that it had an impact and that it was a very powerful event. And I'm sure there are other cadre who would who would love to experience the same thing that you did, you know, putting, putting on this event, because it definitely seems like 
obviously participating in Gorok events is an experience in their own, but but running one of these just incredibly powerful memorial events seems like an, an equal experience too. Yeah. Running Gorok events as a whole, I think, is an experience and because you, you you learn you learn new things all the time. What it takes, you know, how how can you promote that teamwork to get things clicking? How can you derail it? How can, you know, how, how teams and, and personalities and, and, and whatnot. So every event is an opportunity for a learning experience. And then to throw in making it a memorial, you know, having it at a specific memorial event just adds to that even more. Absolutely. So, so for anyone out there that's interested, because if you haven't heard of Robbie Miller by now, you, you must be living under a rock. But if, if you really want to, if you really want to know more about the man, by all means, hit up the event because you're guaranteed to learn something. The event's open for registration. There will be a link in the show notes. So click that and sign up and you'll get, from the sounds of it, definitely more than just the Wikipedia entry. Carl, thank you so much, so, so much for taking all this time out of your day to talk with me about this, talk about your first event, Gorok Memorial events, and then this the Robbie Miller in particular. I really appreciate it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the All Day Rock Off podcast. To learn more about this episode, please visit the show notes at alldayrockoff.com slash podcast slash episode dash zero four zero. In the show notes, we've got links to the 2019 Robbie Miller Memorial Heavy event, as well as the video that was shot by GoRock for this year's event. To learn more about All Day Rock Off, you can always visit us at alldayrockoff.com. Did you enjoy the show? We would love if you would take a couple seconds and leave a review on either Apple Podcasts or even our Facebook page. Think we can do something better? Send an email directly to me, brian, spelled B-R-I-A-N, at alldayrockoff.com, as I am always looking for ways to improve the show. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel if you're a fan of videos, adding new ones weekly. If you want to support the podcast, as always, we've got gear available in the store at alldayrockoff.com store. Thank you so much again. And remember, attitude is everything. Keep yours positive and drink hard, rock harder. <laughs>